Now follows an announcement by the Jambags Comedy Gaming Podcast. Here at Jambags, we wanted to restate our commitment to producing only the best possible content for our listeners. That means that sometimes the podcast might come in a little later than planned. And for that, we can only apologise. We are doing this to add those extra few layers of polish that you would expect from a full Jambags experience. We'll be releasing this month's podcast when it's ready, and not a moment before. And so, without further delay, welcome to the first 2021 Jambags Comedy Gaming Podcast with me, Dante Rodriguez. And me, Rudy Mantego. Oh, hey Rudy, you sound great, completely natural, and like you normally do. Did you have a good New Year's break? Yes, Dante. I had very much fun. And the laughs. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Rudy, you legend. That was a classic Manchego one-liner. Yes, Dante. You are clearly the best Jambags host. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it's nice of you to, to finally admit that, uh, that Rudy. Video games are good and funny things, aren't they? Well, I'm glad you asked, Rudy. Uh, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077, finally. I'm very happy about it. It's a masterfully created game. Absolutely flawless in its execution. No bugs whatsoever. Input. Error. Internet lies. Detected. Detected. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Rudy, you're, you're so funny. Wait, 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 wait. What the hell is going on here? What's this thing? Why does it look like me? Alert. Error. Duplicate data. Detected. Error. Oh, Rudy! Oh, God! God. What what are you doing here? Uh, Look, it's not what it looks like, okay? Well, that is... Well, for a start, that's not anatomically correct. Why would I have a flamethrower down there? Purging irrelevant data. Goodbye, old Manchego. Rudy, look out! What's it doing? (laughs) Incendiary appendage malfunction. I can't live without my robot dong. Initiating self-destruct. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh man. Oh. Hey, Rudy. Welcome back. Oh, we better get on with this podcast then, I suppose. Oh, hang a minute. What was that thing? Were you using that to replace me? It seemed like it was buggier than Cyberpunk. Shut the f up! Welcome, Jam Baggers, to a new 2021 edition of the Jam Bags Comedy Gaming Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rudy Manchego, and with me is... Mr. Dante Rodriguez, the other co-host with the most that's a co-host. Yes, that's smooth. Well done for that <laughs> introduction. Um, oh, 2021, we've made it, guys. It's, pff, I mean, well, I yeah. say made it, we've just literally, while recording, gone into the harshest lockdown yet. Yes. Um, but... You know, Is it the just... final lockdown? Do, 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 do. Okay, okay, okay. Until I get, until I get jabbed then. with a needle, <laughs> presumably with vaccine in it. I don't know. Um, that would be uh, the uh, the preferable way, isn't it? When you have needles with vaccine, not. I, I have a question for you, actually, Dante, about the uh-huh. about the vaccine. So, for those reading in the future, listeners in the future, months in the future, or years in the future, you might know the answer to this already. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, but do you think? I'm just throwing it out there. 
or, or are you excited by the prospect that maybe just maybe this vaccine because it's gone quite quickly will give you superpowers of some kind well i assume it'll be you know the, the stuff that will be left by toxic waste that's just lying about the place like it is normally will give a few people different superpowers you know, that's that's just a natural byproduct of any mm. vaccination isn't it yeah because i know there's talk potentially of mixing different vaccines and when you mix medical things together i'm fairly certain it's either you know poisonous kills you or it makes you super in some way yeah. That's that's pretty much um, how it works. So, I think uh, I mean because the virus is is mutating and coming up with new strains and stuff like that. It's uh, it's going to have to be the uh, people mutating and uh, and turning into X Men style mutants that are going to have to kill the virus once and for all. No, I agree. I can't really see it going the other way. So hopefully by next podcast. Well, actually, I don't know if we'll have had our vaccine by then, but you know we'll keep track of change. Once we do, we'll let anyone know if we've developed any kind of superpowers whatsoever. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, but Lucky people in the future who already have them. I mean, you know, you're the people that we're really trying to live up to here, future listeners who who already are invulnerable human beings. Well, actually, thinking about it, if it was like heroes and um, people could time travel, Ooh. in theory, any second now, wait a sec, some will come back. A listener will come back from the future to the past and tell us. Ready? So, one, two, three. Okay. There's, there's only two. There's only two explanations. Um, one is one is likely. One is that no one developed time travel powers, um, <laughs> or two, they didn't listen to the podcast. If they did, mm-hmm. which is unlikely, so it's got to be number one. Yeah, no, I don't think we're going to get into any kind of post-apocalyptic time capsules with our zany brand of sketches and not very much game information. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I, it's unlikely they haven't listened to us. But anyway, so should we just you know talk about what we have been doing? In yeah, our isolated state, which is that we've both got current gen con one, well, say next gen, but current gen now consoles. You have the Series yes, X, I do. I have the PS5. Um, you know, what have you been playing on it? Um, with your big chunky box, uh, yeah, no, with my big old breeze block as it is. No, I've probably been playing more Assassin's Creed Valhalla than anything else, which you know, given that I got really into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I guess no one could have uh, possibly seen coming, but uh. It, uh, it it looks phenomenal, despite being set in England in the Dark Ages, where everything's a bit brown. It, it still manages to look uh, look pretty great. Uh, and getting to know the characters and the, the gameplay style, the combat is pretty satisfying that I, I found there as well. So, so yeah, but also uh, some pretty good games like uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, uh, which is you know, a really sort of charming game. It's maybe not quite as bloated as some of the other Ubisoft games out there. Uh, I, I've played a bit of cyberpunk and you don't want to talk about that too much because okay look you know we should yeah. just let our, let our listeners know that um we're gonna you know we're going to keep the cyberpunk stuff it's still a bit too raw for dante to process we had a quick sketch at the start which was a kind of explanation of it but from a pure counseling perspective we aren't going to get into the cyberpunk debacle um too much we're going to try no. and we've got we've got other stuff to talk about we are just gonna we're just gonna no, skirt I'm, I'm, around that just about coping with it by the fact that I mean in my head I'm thinking well I'm just seeing this as another delay the game's been released sure but you know it, it's as if it, it should have been delayed and in my head I'm just not going to play it properly until until everything's straight yeah you're, you're treating it as an early access release we don't we don't typically have the yeah. time to talk to, to get involved with early access and do bug spotting for stuff so no. you know we're just waiting until the it comes out of beta really or beta or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's and that'd be good so yeah what are you playing at the minute Rudy 
oh, you know, I've got a PS5. Um, so many exclusives, you know, just... <laughs> so um, many. But, yeah, well, but so I, I finished Spider-Man Miles Morales on it, and, um, and now I'm using the full power of the console by playing an indie game that can run on an iPhone. Uh, playing the Pathless, uh, which is great. It does look really nice and colourful. Music's beautiful, um, really nice, fairly tranquil. Some amazing scenery in it. Quite enjoying it. I'm sort of laid back. I do have Demon Souls on the shelf, and I still, <laughs> I just not. I really want to play it. And I'm Are you worried it's going to be hard? Well, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be stressful. Aww. And I know at the end of it all, I've gone look back and go, oh, that was a great. I really enjoyed that. But playing it. I'm, just, I'm not really in the headspace to play something really stressful. I think it's just the condition of the world right now, which is that I felt pretty good, you know, just yeah. playing um, uh, The Pathless and just, you know, just kind of not having too much complex, it being like a really sort of nice, simple story. Just No, I, I, you know, I know what you mean. I've, uh, I mean, one I didn't say a few seconds ago is uh, Forza Horizon 4 I've been playing. That is kind of the definition of a, of a gentle kind of... Uh, uh, casual game for me. You can just kind of bumble around uh, a really nice, beautiful-looking England, and you know maybe do some speed traps and, and, that, and you know, a couple of races or anything like that. But nothing too stressful, nothing too too involved. And it's it's nice to have something that's not going to tax you too much. Particularly when I set the difficulty to almost nothing on when I play it. Yeah, well, I can't play racing games as you well know to save my life. So <laughs> I have to have difficulty lower uh, lower on that. And so I think you know that's my main that's the main thing I have. You know, having said that, I have been playing uh, Hollow Knight on and off for the last sort of uh, three or four weeks, um, and that is a bit difficult. But it's actually I'm not finding it too stressful. I'm quite enjoying. Again, it's got a really great ambiance to it, so I'm just kind of enjoying exploring. Um, not really too into the boss fights or anything because uh, yeah. they are difficult, but just exploring Metroidvania kind of. You know, um, yeah, and I'm really liking that game as well. It's like, it's my third go at trying it, so. But I think I'm going to ease myself into 2021 with just some chill games. I'm going to give myself a go on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I was gifted for Christmas. Um, Excellent. And yeah, because again, that's very much the kind of pick up and just you know, yeah. ease yourself in for a few hours kind of game. You can do um, a little bit. You can you can just explore. I mean, it's nice just to sail around the uh, the rivers in England uh, as well. It's, it's it's. You know how uh, I feel. I, I enjoy rivers in England. It's, it's yes. one of my many things that I like about living in this. In, in, in God's country uh, is the rivers uh, particularly when they flood near my house that's also great oh it's um, amazing isn't it when yeah. things flood uh, so yeah so I think let's just I think that should be our approach to the podcast on say we'll just go chilled it's yeah. just going to be a you know we've got some we've got some news this is typically the worst time to do a podcast as you know start of yes. January of a new year we're, we're recording this literally the first day back at work for everyone and um not much is happening in the gaming world. Um, the rest of the world's on fire, but the gaming world's still quite quiet. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we'd do a topical podcast on it. Um, but we have got some stories we can, you know, go through people and, and a few bits and bobs. So yeah, that, crack there's, on with there's it? some uh, kind of stuff that's from the tail end of, of last year, which is yeah, still worth talking yeah. about. So uh, yeah, it's fair dues. Let's get um, on with it. Cool. All right, then let's move on to our next segment from the jam bags. A 
and welcome to our regular news segment on the Jambags Comedy Gaming Podcast. It's the From the Jambags News. Mm-hmm. And as we said, we have uh, a few interesting stories, some of them from the tail end of last year, nothing really new new, so you may know about some of these things that have been going on. Uh, but I thought we'll just get straight into our first one, and again, we've touched on it, touched on it in... Uh, other parts of our podcast, I think uh, Rudy's behind us touch on it a little bit too uh, literally. Uh, it's about scalpers. Ooh, yeah. No sugar yeah, involved with this topic. one. <laughs> no, we've not. You know, to be for those who haven't listened to our, you know, last month's episode, the only way that we could get a Xbox Series X for Dante was through. Um, I'm going to literally say some backdoor connections, and by that, I had to <laughs> smuggle um, Class A drugs in bits of my body that I want to go into, and uh, was narrowly avoided the stabbing, but of of, of a literal kind. Um, yeah, I mean, we get you know, to go back sing a fun to that. Song, though, but yeah, give, yeah, give that last one a listen to if you want to hear some bad singing. Yeah, scalping is still a problem, isn't it? Don't it is. It has become uh, quite the problem. It, that uh, Scalpers have apparently made so much money from selling scalped PS5s and Series Xs, uh, they've actually managed to buy an island the size of Greenland. They might might even actually be Greenland, I'm not sure. And they've seceded from any and all countries that they previously belonged to. So now there is Scalpsville, or Scalper Island, as it's now called. Wow. I mean, that's cold. I mean, literally... Oh yeah, Greenland. It is very cold, uh, very very chilly. But also, (laughs) you know, morally, very cold as well. Yeah, it's very murky, very cold, very very sort of grey area in in lots of different ways. So apparently, Scalper Island is now open to to tourists or punters, as apparently they're wanting to be called, Mm -hmm. uh, looking to buy uh, games consoles, but also trainers at three hundred percent markup from their recommended retail prices. Wow, I mean they've they've. They're basic. That's a dangerous proposition for a country's economy, isn't it? Which is heavily marked up goods that could be got cheaper elsewhere. But I guess if they're in demand, they're assuming that people will come and spend their hard-earned cash, um, yeah, and or, or, or freeze to death if they don't like to pay for it. Absolutely, no. They they, they probably will end up doing doing quite a few of those things. So uh, so yeah, no. It's a bit like um, I mean, I've been watching a lot of black sales lately. It's a bit like the kind of the the, the pirate uh, nation that they they're, they're trying to create. They created a, a scalper nation. Uh, basically, the size of uh, of Greenland. Now, uh, the, the world's governments, the NATO, and all those people—they're considering, thinking, maybe about doing something about it. But yeah, I mean, as long as games companies get paid, people pay tax, they don't really seem to care. So, it's just going to keep going. By the looks, I of mean, it. I'm going to say something that's perhaps a bit controversial here and a bit a bit damning because I don't know if any of our listeners, you know, are you know, are partaking of scalpers or anything like that, but. I'm going to say right now is that if you support anyone that's that scalps in there ultimately there was only one way this was ever going to go and that was always going to be with scalpers setting up their own independent country where they would use their geopolitical power to make sure that all goods are priced overpriced so they get more profit that was the only outcome so you know i hope everyone's happy with themselves that did that you know yeah yeah no, it was obviously on the cards yeah, no, it was it was the, the only logical thing that was going to happen. You know, so it's slightly slightly elevated prices uh, to massively elevated prices to uh, brand new pirate nations and a threat to world security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Um, so I mean, great. Okay, well done, well done, um, everyone out there that's that's caused this new um, nation that has its own weapon of mass destruction, which is uh, PS Five scalping. Scalping bots, yeah, that are bringing uh, cybersecurity to its uh, knees. So, uh, anyway, let's have a slightly less horrible story. Uh, 
Rudy, what have you got for us? Well, this is this is another one which is to do with politics and trade, actually. Um, I'm just going to get the headline out of the way, then we'll go into some of the details here. So for those that aren't in the know, the PS5 has got the Dual Sense controller, which uh, has haptic feedback um, and variable vibration. And it's been uncovered that um, the you can buy, obviously they get packaged with the console, but you can buy them separately. And it's one of the few accessories that are available. But they're now being bought up en masse by sex toy manufacturers facing a shortage of parts from China. So, obviously, we've got COVID still hitting hard. Um, supply chains have been affected in a lot of you know the, the tech sector. Uh, we've seen that with consoles, we've seen that with PC components, and now we're seeing it with sex toys. Um, we've also got Brexit making things difficult, and um, obviously mm. we've got, a, you know, there's still a bunch of f***ers in charge of the world. So, yeah. sex toy manufacturers are, are struggling to meet demand, particularly people locked down and unable to get okay. their freak on so, so uh, i mean obviously theoretically we would i'd never get you to admit this uh, live on air but i mean theoretically have you tried it with your uh, dual sense controller and theoretically is it as good as one might expect well i'm not the expert on this i'll be i'm so honest yeah you know, as, as you know and i haven't i haven't tried it as yet uh, what I understand is that the uh, the dual sense, because it's the um, you know available and it's got a very powerful set of vibration components, um, by pulling it apart, they can actually you know create you know some really interesting tech. We've actually got um, a quick comment from um, one of the previous Jambag contributors, though for God knows why, uh, Cyril uh, Moist, <laughs> uh, head of Uppersnappers.com, which is the barely legal Ugh. cosplay photographer and publisher. <laughs> uh, I say barely legal. That makes me- Illegal is possibly the word, but he's taken interest in this story, and that's the one that, that, that flagged it down for us. And I'll just quickly just play a part of the message he left us on our, on our, our voicemail. Um, there we go. I'll just quickly cue that up for you. Well, the thing is that the dual sense has got the most sophisticated vibration technology known to man, and if used in just the right spot, can tickle all four G spots of any living creature. So, wow. I mean, okay, uh, so I mean, it, the mind boggles as to how he's figured that out. I mean, exactly, I, how I learned something from that, from that voicemail, I'll be honest. Yeah, no, the, 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 the fact that there are four, yeah, but okay, so is that this confirmed? I mean, can it actually do that stuff? Well, I asked, I asked confirmation, and, and I'll quote what he said. I texted him this after I got the voicemail to see his opinion, and the response I got was. Mm. Yeah, that's all I got back from him. Um, so I don't know. I mean, but if you are trying to buy a controller and you can't find one, there is a good chance that your the components for your controller are in a sex toy somewhere. So, <laughs> oh God! There you go. I'm suddenly I'm glad that I have a you know basically what is a a last gen controller for the for the Series X that's uh, not got crazy sex toy adaptation available for it well i mean you know i'm sure that the elite will you know the elite pro controller for the xbox series x will feature its own dildo or something i don't know or flashlight built into it it, it seems pretty pretty issue. likely yeah. i mean the main thing i've noticed about the series x controller is that it is ribbed for my pleasure so yeah it seems quite likely that it's going to go that way well you seem to you know i talked to cyril moist about that but we're going to move on. We're going to do a really weird segue from sex toy to food toys. Yes, no, to that got? interesting subgenre of gaming fast food stories. Uh, yeah, now I have uh, a story for us about, well, 
I mean, it comes from the the, the KFs, KF console, KFC console, uh, which has actually turned out to be a real thing. Myself, like every other internet commentator out there, not that anyone listens to me on the internet, assumed it was some kind of internet prank, uh, you know, but the KF console is actually a real thing. Uh, apparently, another company with no connection to gaming whatsoever have decided to get into the games console market. Ooh, okay. What's what's this? What's this breaking? Well, news? it's a company that's kind of they had, went through a kind of fatty stage a few years ago, and they've uh, sort of disappeared a little bit. I mean, although I don't really get involved with kitchen appliances too much, so I don't really know. But the company behind the George Foreman fat grilling machines has decided mm-hmm. to make oh, yeah. a comeback with their own uh, their own console. So, it's called the George Foreskin, and it can be used to play video games at the breakneck 240 FPS, and it can also cook your bacon or sausages in a lean way. Wow, that is a unique combination that I don't think any console on the market currently offers, does it? No, no, even the KF console I don't think can quite manage this level of... uh, uh, food combination you know to actually cook the food not just keep it warm like the kf console will do this will actually cook your uh, uh, your meat products uh, for you and apparently a hundred percent of the fat that comes out of the food you cook is recycled back into the machine and it's used as a separate power source so it will actually power itself using the fat that came out of your food that is ingenious and i think if we're going to save the world from the climate change i mean for example you know, uh, fat bergs that get caught in you know pipes and blockages, and all the fat that gets you know flushed down drains or into mm. you know rivers and whatnot is a really serious problem. So just you know getting that fat, which is bad for us, but then using it to pay power our games is you know frankly genius, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can be shut off by the electric company for months and still power your gaming. So you've got everything you need. You can cook food and uh, and uh, yeah, and play games at the same time. It's like you're completely self sufficient. Uh, survivalist individual if you have have one of these things so we've got a few more details about the controllers mm-hmm. uh, apparently they are two lamb chop nunchucks they're a bit greasy but basically you bash your tv screen with uh, uh with these lamb chops uh, or the little mini screen that comes with it because it's a bit like a switch it's got a mini monitor built into it uh so which means the george foreskin is completely portable i mean that, that sounds likely is there an option for i mean obviously I'm thinking for, you know, we're a very inclusive podcast. You know, we, we are meat eaters, but there are, you know, vegetarians or vegans out there. Will there be a vegetarian or vegan option for those people who don't want to grip uh, their meat? I think, uh, yes, no, there is there is one. I mean, it's they're working on the vegan version now, but the vegetarian version uh, is two sticks of halloumi that you also have to grill. Again, a bit greasy, but it still works. Well, I mean, the grease isn't the problem, really, because obviously that's power in the machine. You want something greasy, otherwise, you know, exactly, again, yeah. Yeah, the vegetarians are going to have a far less, uh, you know, rewarding experience. I guess, I wonder if, you know, um, they'll be going something like tofu or something like that for, you know, soy-based. I think so. Um, I mean, if you can get the fat out to, to power, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to do the self-sufficient powering thing with the vegan version, but uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of, uh, what kind of, solutions they come up with for for that particular issue so yeah no gotta include uh, all walks of life in this one i mean this feels very much like a return to the heady days of the early 90s doesn't it with you know everyone and their and their cousins and stuff producing games consoles and just throwing stuff at the wall and i'm quite happy with that i, I hope there's more you know um, i do too i mean, i would quite happily see what uh, what other companies might come out with uh, when they're trying to make those consoles i mean can you imagine something like a, a b&q console you know sort of that builds a cabinet for you, or an IKEA console that uh, assembles your flat pack the, furniture. There, while you're there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of possibilities with a Dyson. Um, oh, with a really powerful suction. 
Yes, no, that would be a, definitely an attachment I would be intrigued about. Yeah, exactly, and that that could then power your own console. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, well that's that is that's good, and you might be really hungry for some um, for some halloumi. But one yeah, last no, story I that I've some of that actually the, that's a really good idea. One new story that I've got here is from our uh, good friends at Hat Division um, Snowstorm. Snowstorm. Yeah. Um, those guys have announced that their latest title in the very long-running Shooty Shooty Bang Bang series, it's called Shooty Shooty Bang Bang Cold Nips, Ooh. will this is this blow my mind, will automatically expand when downloaded, take up all available space on your console or PC's hard drive. What? So yeah, so put in context, the base game is approximately eighty gig, which is large, yeah. but that is quite common for. That's um, pretty standard for the. For, I mean, had uh, Division yeah, the, uh, the, Snowstorms the, games. Uh, uh, even the first uh, Doom twenty sixteen was like sixty or seventy or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, these are, these are these are these are graphic intensive games. I'm not saying I like it, but I understand it. But. Um, but if you've, you know, it, it's quite a large size, but if you have any spare space beyond that, be it, you know, particularly say, for example, if you've, um, you know, uh, uh, not filled not, your entire console with exactly. uh, indie games and, uh, you know, Ubisoft open worlds like I probably would have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. It will, it, the game files will bloat up and absorb it all. So, um, I mean, to give it a perspective, we've got, we've got a quote here. I've, I've pulled offline from one. Just for the hell of it, just to, just to, Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll comment some of the what you know. They've not released a statement on this, but the, someone someone's commented online about this. Thought it was interesting. One, as I said, you know, um, I was going to quote here. This was the first game I got for my Xbox Series X because there are no other games, and I installed it, and it ballooned in size to approximately eight hundred gigabytes. I got a message that I could reduce this by buying a season pass, some skins on my guns, costumes, and a loser fee that would reduce it by thirty-two gigs in total. This has taken up all my space, so I guess I need to play this one game forever and ever and ever. So I wow. think that that comment there to me tells me why Activision Snowstorm have done this. It's it's amazing how uh, quotes from magazines have accents like that as well. I'm, I'm quite impressed. I, I'm going to be. I will. I tell you what. I'm going to show one behind the scenes of making a podcast. That was me. <laughs> I did a silly voice because in my head that's how I read it. Someone yeah. talking like that. But through the power of audio, our listeners won't. They won't wake that. No, it's, it's, we probably better not mention it. What I do is I imagine that I'm um, someone who would buy shooty, shooty, bang, bang, cold nips um, and absorb it all and not play any other games. And that's the voice that manifests itself. It's, it's Here, acting. have you got a copy of shooty, shooty, bang, bang, cold nips? I've oh, been doing to play that, I have. Exactly. That's what you, that's, that's the voice, that's what you channel to your inner cold nips player. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but that's just okay, listeners so, you've just seen behind the curtain there that's the secret and magic of podcast Ooh. so the, the the cold nips game has basically become like malware then essentially yeah what it, what it does is that you know I think it's quite clear that Activision and Snowstorm don't want you having lots of games that are distracting you from being on their game and, and spending money so they just make sure you can't play anything else um, mm. you know so unless, so unless you the only way really to get around it is to install all the games, other games you want Make sure you've only got eighty gig or so, you know, spare, and install it. Otherwise, you're you're gonna swamp everything else. Yeah. You're, you're, you're knackered, really, aren't you? Yeah. Jeez, right. So I mean, it's a scummy move, but you know, one that seems very much like um, it's Activision demo. Yeah, very much in line with with twenty twenty, and yet ever expanding scummy business practices by various video game companies. Yay! Yeah. Yay! 
Well, that <laughs> rounds up our, our news coverage. We've got um we've got a state of the gaming nation coming up next, I think. I think we do, yes. So thanks, Gem Baggers. On to the next segment. State of the gaming nation. Hey, Rudy, happy new year 2021. How are you feeling? <sighs> yeah, it's new year, I suppose. That's good. I mean, 2020 is over. It's been a, been a tough old year, isn't it? It sure has, Rudy. I mean, I, I hope we can start getting vaccinated, you know, get those little pricks in our arms like, like, like you've had for a while. Uh, you, know, you know, get back to a normal life. Uh, perhaps get back to meeting up, maybe gaming conventions. I mean, it'd be so great to go to EGX with all this, wouldn't it? You know, you know, start seeing those things at the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, really pick up where we left off last year and kind of forget the whole last 12 months didn't really happen. You know, really kind of keep up with our resolution to engage with our listeners and, you know, make more content. I suppose. Ah, Rudy... Come on, what's the matter with you? You haven't come with a dopey selling out scheme all week. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I mean, nothing really. I I don't know. It's just this, this, this feeling that's been growing inside me just just for a Ooh. while now. A, fe- a feeling of what? I mean, do you need to go to the toilet or something? No, no. But I'm talking about this is like an emotional feeling. You know, those things when, you oh. know, you, 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 know, you make oh. it sound like it's actually physically affecting you with... Um, Oh, emotions. Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, didn't you get loads of games and gaming crap for for Christmas? Didn't that cheer you up? I mean, well, I mean, yes. I mean, I got loads, actually. I I was really lucky to get an absolute stack of uh, gaming stuff over the Christmas period. And, you know, that, that, that was great. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, things are grim right now. We just have to knuckle down and get through this. And we've got plenty of games to do it with. Yeah, you're You're right. Only Dante. Yeah. Um, how large is your backlog now? G- sorry, gaming backlog now. Yeah, no, the other backlog we don't want to talk about on, on air at all. I mean, it's it's pretty large. I mean, I guess you include all the platforms I've got. I mean, I've got Xbox One games, uh, you know, PS4 games. Uh, you know, games that are on the Series X as well. Uh, I've also got the Vita, which I've you know only played a few games on. Uh, retro consoles, my, my, my PS2. I keep buying PS2 games in charity shops. So yeah, it's it's a pretty big backlog. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you here, but um, I kind of think I've got a problem with mine. Is, is your backlog getting a bit on the large side? Uh, but by large, do you mean unmanageable? Unmanageable. Yeah, well, it's just on, on last gen on PS4, I have like 20 games I bought, and that's that's not counting all the freebies on PS Plus that I've not played yet. So, you know, I've got, I've got yeah. quite a, you know, a few there. 20 is not, not too bad. You get a few of those as well. It's not, not, not terrible. Yeah, but then you add all those PS Plus games that I, you know, every every month it comes on whether I want them or not, and I accept them, add them to my library, and then it, it balloons up to several hundred. Okay, but you know, a lot of those games probably don't interest you, right? I mean, you don't have to play just because they're free and given to you. You don't have to play them, right? No, no, you're right. But that's that. My, my point is that's that's just PlayStation. Okay, I have a Switch that's got at least another twenty plus games that I've never played on there. Okay, this is starting to get a little higher. Sure, I can see that. 
And then on PC, I've got a stack of the free Epic games that I always, you know, realize. I've got at least another 30 games of random stuff I've okay, you know, okay. bought so on Steam. Just doing a little totaling up there. So that is getting maybe a little bit on the, on the high side. And then I have the Xbox with another 20-odd games there. I also have Game Pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yes, there are hundreds of games on Game Pass. That's becoming better value with, with, with EA and uh, oh, then Bethesda games that are going to be going on there. And I have Apple Arcade, too. Oh, okay. Wow. Add, add Apple Arcade to it. Sure. Maybe. Uh, plus retro consoles. I have Ooh. I have at least 100 retro games across platforms. That's physical games. Um, okay, with emulation, okay. it's possibly illegally have, higher. That's a, a lot. Bit. I mean, have, have you forgotten anything? I think I've got a copy of GTA Vice City on Android. Yeah, yeah well, I've got, got that on my iPad as, as well. But, do, do okay, do, do we need to give you some sort of intervention? Because... I mean, mine's bad. Yours is getting getting pretty out, out of out of hand there. Yeah, I mean, possibly, but but here's the thing. Here's the rub, and it, it's really it's really got me wondering. You know, on a, on a larger scale, on say, it's like I I I really pay, I, I didn't pay much for most of these games. You know, a stack of them came via subscription services. Majority were on sales. You know, I didn't pay much for them. Uh, some of them are even free codes or bonus codes and stuff. Particularly, you know, some of the Steam games. It's just insane how little i've actually paid for all these games okay i mean sure things have changed i mean when i was a child i only had a few games a year as presents so you know i'd pick them up on oh let's go back to the days of uh, cassette tapes you know sort of floppy disks as well yeah i had to borrow some from mates now and then so i didn't i didn't kind of have access to quite as many games and now the industry's bigger it's it's big business and uh you know we're older and we've got more disposable income sort of yeah but but don't say don't say come closer come closer Mm-hmm. Too close. Yeah. What if it's more than that? Okay. What if we, the Jam Bags Comedy Gaming Podcast, have just become a cog in a far larger capitalist machine? What? What? What on earth? What? What? You know, it's the hype cycle. They're always moving on to the next big thing, never taking the time to look back. Most of our sketches are about newer upcoming games, right? Yet we have never, never get a chance to play them. I've got Demon Souls for PS5 and I haven't played, but people are already on about Elden Ring. The conversation just moves too fast. Yeah, but you suck at Souls games. I mean, it's probably best you haven't been playing that one. You get depressed. Yeah, I, right, that, that's true when it comes to Souls games. But, as I said, every time we talk about a new game, we are feeding into the gaming media. We're playing into the big corporations' hands. Okay, Games themselves are just disposable. They're fated to be bought at launch or heavily discounted and never played. We buy them all, promising we'll play them, but knowing we never, ever will. We're always looking for the next big hit to be part of the conversation. We sell up subscription services. We'll never use more than a few games per year just in case we miss out. Publishers hype, the media escalates that hype and the wheels trundle on. If you talk about a game over a week old, you're buried in the social media algorithm. You're screaming into the void of desolation. Uh, okay, that's that's quite a bleak picture. Are you on your seasonal come down again? But, oh, it goes bigger than that, Dante. It is bigger than that. It is... It, goes to the core of our society it goes beyond gaming this is an indictment of our capitalist society dante gaming is just one of the industries drip feeding us consumables to make us forget about the state of the world the decline of the planet and the old pressure of all but the social elite within society don't you understand dante don't you see my backlog is the ultimate symbolism of late stage capitalism 
I have more games than I can ever play, even if I had no job and did nothing else, and yet I still buy more and more and more, always looking forward to the next game and the next little death march of dissatisfaction and alienation from my life and loved ones. This is our future and the world is burning around us. Do you not see? Uh, well, I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of makes me feel like there's very little point to anything, but I mean, are you going to pre-order that Elden Ring thing? Oh yeah, I mean, I've already pre-ordered Elden Ring in the special edition, um, Steelbox Bath edition, obviously. Yeah, what'd you ask? Dante, I've got a fantastic new Get Rich Quick scheme. Oh, thank f- for that, Rudy. I'm so glad you're back to your old self. This mopey, whiny, whiny little bitch, bitch Rudy, was, was really bringing me down. So I'm back. glad you're back to, to crazy schemes like this. Yeah, and there was very little build-up to that last sketch or, or a consequence of it, obviously. So I'm here with a great new sketch. Now, you've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah? Absolutely. It's a fantastic game. I'd uh, highly recommend trying to get it, but buying it pre-owned so you don't actually have to give money to uh, to Ubisoft. Yeah, you know, blah, 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 that's all great. Now, I've not played it yet, um, as you said earlier, but I have read Kotaku, and I saw that there was, as it's, you know, got, got quite popularly shared, that there is a, there's a character in the open world that you come across that's got, like, an axe buried in their head, and they're still, like, alive. They don't realise yes. they've got the axe buried yeah. in their head. No, no, I, I literally just got to that the other day. That was, that was, that was a good... Little kind of world event side quest type thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, I've seen quite a few memes and stuff of it online. Um, it's it's got some it's got some traction, it's got some legs, and it's still quite a new game. So I'm thinking, let's uh-huh. recreate that. Recreate? Okay, how? Right, sure. So we're going to put an axe in in your head. Well, I've not played the game, have I? It wouldn't make any sense if we did it in my head, but you've played the game. You're, you've 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 got past that point. So what I was thinking, right, is that um, you know where there's the meme of like this character in the head, we could replace it with like you with an axe in your head or looking like it's an axe in your head, um, and we can film it and it'll be like a massive, you know, I don't know what whatever that okay. top tick platform right, is or so whatever the, the the clock thing, the the, the Chinese clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Chinese, whatever. So, so we're going to do this with uh, like Photoshop special effects, make it look like I've got an axe in my head. Yeah. You see, people are really savvy about special effects these days. I mean, they don't. It's like you know, people actually want to see some physicality and like some real stunt work. You know what? Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's really sick of CG and you know Photoshop okay. and all these kind yeah, of things. Yeah, no, I, I could spot photoshopping a mile off exactly, at the moment. But exactly. Where are you going with this? I don't think I like the sound right. of it. Right. Well. Check this bad boy out. It's pretty heavy. Whoa! I've got okay. this wood chopping axe that I borrowed from a neighbour. Don't know why did, he's got did, it. Did you honest. borrow it from borrow it from Jack Torrance? Um, no, that said, I haven't seen this guy's wife in a while. But anyway, is that is to me? He's just said to don't worry about the the red marks on the end. So it's pretty hefty. But my, here's my plan, right? What we'll do, and this is this is going to be it's going to be trick. Photography. We're going to put the camera. We'll put the camera up at an angle here. Yeah. Can you see the camera? Mm-hmm. I've got it set up for uh-huh. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I'll do is that you'll stand. Right, so you just stand back. Yeah. Stand slightly back. All right. Just to give you. I'll give you a run through before we actually okay, do it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Is that I'm going to swing the axe towards your head. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to lift it up over my shoulder and swing it towards your head. And what you're going to do, the, okay. and the camera won't, and the camera won't see this bit. This this ingenious bit is that you're going to catch it just as it's about to touch your head and stop it from making contact with your skull. Yeah. 
and then hold it there. Okay, this, this seems a little risky. Have you done a risk assessment? I have done a risk assessment, and it, it, it came up green. It passed the risk assessment. Okay, does that mean that it's no risk to you? Um, there was definitely no risk to me, and there was no risk to you as long as you were capable of catching an axe. Um, and wait a sec, catch this. Oh, f- Okay, well you nearly got that. I was just I was just throwing a ball at you to see, but look, you were you were, you nearly got it. So I think, you know, a bit more. You know that that was a, that was a warm up. When it comes to the axe, you'll get it. So as long as you can catch this axe, it's going to be moving through my arm my arms at extreme speed. You should be pretty good to just grab it, okay. both hands, like clap, grab it, and then yeah. it will look from the side like you're going. Oh, I've got an axe in my head. Oh no! But you haven't really got an axe in the head because you caught it. But it looked like I've hit you with an axe at full speed. And that will become a, a tocky tick um, sensation or something. I don't know. Ticky tock tock tick tock tock. Yes, I, you know whatever the kids watch, I mean, we'll get we'll make loads oh, of money okay. and be really famous, and um, you know you'll be able to I don't know whatever it is you want to do with your life, Dante. You can do it now. It's fine. Mm, nothing, but you know whatever. Okay, I've got nothing better to do, so let's let's try it. Okay, so obviously what I'm going to do is I'm going to swing this big old axe over my head. Okay, so are we give it a go? I'm not going to obviously not going to do it at full power. You know, I'm pretty strong on buff and stuff like that, so I'm just going to give it a bit of a ready. So, you ready for this? So, I'm just going to bring it over on the count of one, two, three. Okay, can can you just maybe throw it a little further so so it actually reaches me next time? Okay, well, this is quite heavy. All right, one more go. I'm going to go. Ready? This one is just going to be ready. Just. Ah! Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Uh, right. Dante. Why is my ear on the floor? Yeah. Um. Why is my ear there? Why is it not on my head? Um. Well, are you sure that's your ear? It may have been there when I got here, but I doubt it. Yeah, there is a little bit. Um. Yeah, there's a little bit of your ear has has gone wonky and. The a- well, put it this way, the axe isn't... Well, I'm just going to be quite honest here. This is kind of... You are not very good at catching. Okay. Okay, but why is my jaw going sideways? It yeah, didn't be- to go well, sideways. because you didn't catch it, and I will admit, this is my on me, I didn't account for the... For the... Ooh, that's disgusting. For the wind. Um, What's all this red know, stuff? Factor. Why? But, yeah, so... Um, so the axe... You didn't. You didn't catch the axe, and the wind's pushed it slightly to the side. So rather than it looking like it's gone on your head, it has grazed the side of your face, my neck, and a bit mm. of your shoulder blade. You, you. I'm going to be honest with you. You look a little bit like someone's had a gone and eat damn cheese. But you know, it's not. It's not too bad. Look, you just. Um, I'm getting there. sleepy. Yeah, you just. Um, I'm just going to quickly wipe down the handle of this axe a little bit. Um, right, I'm going to go find some ice for you, and you just um, you just bleed out uh, quietly, and um, you'll be fine when you wake up, presumably. Um, gotta go. Bye.
Dante, well, you, oh, you're back in Jambags HQ. Oh, how, how are you? How are you? No, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Well, yeah. Uh, Hello. Well, I, I, I think I have to. Okay, I, 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 I'm gonna have to turn this side of you because I kind of don't have an ear. Or oh, you don't. You don't have an ear. What? What happened to the ear? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I just woke up in hospital and. Apparently, I, I didn't have a side of my face, and I had a, a big kind of fire axe buried in, kind of between my shoulder. And, okay, they've, they've managed to remove 90% of it, but, you know, you can see there's a big well, stick of wood that still sticking is... out. And did anyone know how that happened to you? Was there any no. witnesses or anything? It's fine. I mean, okay, it, well, it happened here in Jambags HQ, and, um, but, Ooh. you know, I, I tried to find the uh, the security tapes, and apparently they'd been pissed on and, and burned, and then, you know, kind of buried in the backyard where a dog shat on them, so I couldn't do much with them. Upside down as well, apparently, yeah. from what I, can, what, I, what I saw through the window. Yeah, when, oh. when, when was this? When did you, when did this happen? Was it? I, I've really completely lost track of time. Is it still January? Uh, yeah, no. So, well, I mean, it's 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 mid January now. But um, you know what? I remember uh, seeing you wandering outside with an axe um, right before I left on a long journey to Barnard Castle. Okay, yeah, no, that sounds like somewhere you'd go to with, with witnesses. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, look, I mean, mate, I mean. Whatever crazy hijinks you got up to that didn't involve me in any kind of way whatsoever or any kind of liability for the Jambags Gaming Podcast, I'm just glad you're here and you can hear at least half of what I'm saying to you. So, you What? Know. Anyway, shall we... Let's say it's going to be closer. Shall we finish off this month's podcast? We still haven't finished it yet. Oh, really? Oh, this is that sort of thing we would have... Done. Okay. Well. Well, if sure. you hadn't gone and messed around with axes, maybe we would have done. You know, and disappearing for ages to a hospital bed. You know. But anyway, oh, bygones. Um, I, I did. I. I am so sorry that I decided to, to to try and catch an axe that was being swung at me by an unknown person. Uh, I, f- I feel like such a seaweed. Expertly swung at you by an axe. Anyway, that's not matter. Let's. We've got some questions, so let's round out. We, we need to get some questions. We've got we've got loyal listeners that have actually given us questions this month. Let's 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 cover them off. So, I've got a first one. I want to go with the question. I'm going to direct it to you. All right. What was Dante? What was in your mind the best game of 2020? And this question comes from a long-time listener, second-time questioner, uh, Grimord, Grimord, Grimmy. Um, Gimme babes, I'm not entirely sure uh, how, how the particular image likes to be spelled, but um, so what was your game of 2020? Um, see, I mean, I, I, I'm really enjoying Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I'm, I'm kind of counting that as, as maybe next year's game, so I, I don't think that, uh, that counts necessarily. I think I probably have had the most fun playing uh, Streets of Rage 4. Ooh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, we've still yet to actually get our backsides in gear and do that um, that co-op, co-op playthrough. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, it was, it's a really nice game. Graphically, look, I mean, it looks great. It keeps the kind of the spirit of the originals, which we've both talked about on the podcast before, as being some of our uh, favourite examples of uh, of scrolling beat 'em ups or brawler type games. And 
know, it just gave me that retro feeling, but also had that uh, that very modern and uh, well-designed feel to it. It, uh, it was uh, sort of the, the cartoon graphics were, were really well made, uh, you know, in the spirit of the old ones, but very, you know, very clearly well made and modern. So yeah, that's my pick for best game of the year. Okay, uh, that's an interesting one. I'm going to go with an equally weird one, which is that I've had to wrap my brains about this question because, I'll be honest, I've not played an excessively large amount of games that released in, in 2020. No. Um, I actually did quite a lot of work on, you know, chipping away my, my backlog, um, particularly um, on, on sort of PlayStation. Um, so, but I did, I did pick up some titles, and there, and there have been some cracking games this year that I've enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima, um, mm. Great game. Did that come out this year, or was that late, late mm. last year? It came out um, in 2020. It came out last okay. summer, didn't it? You, yeah. you bought it. Um, I Time really, has really kind of lost all meaning to me. So that's why that's kind of a difficult question for that. Reason, it is. It I, is quite weird. I, I had to actually go back and look over, you know, my, my playlist of what I've. You know, I do maintain a list of what I played because I'm that kind of player. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. that was good. Um, you know, Hades has got a lot. I've enjoyed playing that. Um, but the game that I enjoyed the most and that's been the most memorable for me is actually one that's at the moment is an Apple Arcade exclusive and that is Little Orpheus mm. um, it's a game by um, oh, yeah, Chinese Chinese Room um, uh, developers who did uh, Dear Esther and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture and it's a bit of a departure for mm. them which is that it's a kind of it's a weird it's it, the plot of it is that it's it's a platformer where you play as a Russian cosmonaut um, who is a bit of an unreliable narrator who has journeyed to the center of the planet and found this amazing world. But he's, um, he's actually been, but he was caught wandering around back streets of uh, Russian city um, by the KGB and has been brought over questioning because he was supposed to go to the center of the earth. Um, and lost a nuclear weapon. He's being questioned by a Soviet general about what happened to him. And mm-hmm. as I said, he's an unreliable narrator. It all goes across through a sort of platform with environmental storytelling. And as you go along, it gets more and more incredibly zany and, and bizarre. The music is, is pitch perfect. The, vo- the voice acting between the general and, and, and the guy playing um, the cosmonaut is just spot perfect. And it's just a game I thought... I walked away going as a platformer. It's it's nothing special, but as an experience, I was like, I've not really played a game like that before, and I really liked it. So I'm going to go Little Orpheus. If you've got an Apple device and you want to get Apple Arcade, I really recommend playing it. It's really good fun. Um, it's about five or six hours long. Um, it's in little episodes as well, so like it, it plays a bit like an old TV show. Like so, it has got episodes with credits for every like. 25 minutes, mm-hmm. half an hour, so you can do it in bite-sized chunks. I just I just love the concept of it. Really great, um, great work by the Chinese room yet again. Um, so that's my that's my pick um, of my favourite game of 2020. Um, nice. But, but, but Grimmy, if you've actually played any games in the you know, year, do let us know if you've got any favourite games. Um, but yeah, that's that's my choice. Do you have any more questions, uh, Dante? Yeah, I have I have a few actually from uh, from X23, uh, you know, fairly long time listener, but uh, someone who's. Uh, uh, Given us some good questions here, um, and asking about the most disappointing game releases, uh, not only of this year but of all time. Have you had anything that really stands out as something that's let you down uh, as as a game you're really looking forward to that just turned out to be bad or or just didn't happen or something like that? Okay, I'm going to be controversial with 2020, and I am going to say the Last of Us Part Two was the most disappointing Ooh. game release. Now. 
for anyone that's going to get a hate, I'm not. Um, it's got nothing to do with um, the fact that any of the woke elements and all the ridiculous, you know, um, crap like that. You know, I don't care that uh, it's a largely female cast. I don't care that it's got a muscly woman in it. I don't care that it's mm. got a trans character in it. Um, I don't care. Just for someone that I love The Last of Us very, very much. Thematically and story-wise, I do not think that The Last of Us Part 2 continued that story in a way that I personally liked. That's not saying I had an idea what it should be. Okay. But I'm also gonna go out I'm also gonna say that it's a fantastic game. It's well made. So it's, it's my disappointing, but it's a personal disappointment. It's not a bad game. It's a very, very yeah. good game. I still recommend people play it. It's incredibly cinematic. It's gorgeous. The gameplay is really solid. Um, the acting is, is, is excellent. The music's excellent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it is a really standout AAA experience. But for me, as someone that loved the first game so much, I don't know what I wanted from the game, um, but I felt that it took, took a character in a way that I don't think suited that character. Um, and I didn't really even have a problem with the the way the narrative unfolds. It's got a complicated narrative, which I know was, was very divisive. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. they. I'm not going to absolutely slate Noir Dog for trying. They tried something very different. They could have done a really safe sequel. They didn't do that. They really tried to take it a different way. I personally didn't enjoy it. I found it... Um, I found it... Did some elements from the first, first game, but didn't provide a satisfying continuation of that story but mm-hmm. it's such a personal you know is that i know people that played it and think it's better than the first game and think that the storyline is pitch perfect it's very very you know but that's my personal disappointment not a bad game arguably a fantastic game it deserves a lot of accolades but for me personally i, I didn't i didn't enjoy in context of the first game in the way i wanted to mm-hmm. but you know hey that's you know Thank you for saying that without any spoilers. Um, yeah. Also, um, uh, Joel gets a um, pound of cocaine shot up his ass um, at the end. <laughs> no, really, that was. Oh you. yeah, it was me, wasn't it? That was last episode. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, I did ever see spoilers. So that's just the way that you know the cookie crumbled on that game for me. Okay. But, um, okay. So that's the, that's that's this year's one. Um, do you want to do your all-time one, or shall I do you, my You this do this year's, year's, and then we'll go on to an all-time. Okay. Uh, one that's disappointed me, and again, I'm not sure whether to count this as, as next year, but I think it, sh- it should have been out this year, so I, I've uh, I put it in there. And you might think I'm going to say Cyberpunk here, but again, to me, that game's not finished yet. That's not out yet. Uh, I'm going to say Watch Dogs Legion is the uh, game that has most uh, disappointed me uh, this year. Because uh, I'm a really big fan of the other Watch Dogs uh, games, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed uh, Watch Dogs One and Two uh, for, for sort of different reasons. They had a, a good narrative element to them, and yeah, uh, the third one just just doesn't have that kind of narrative drive. Uh, the voice acting I find really subpar. Uh, you know, when the your kind of your dead sec handler says that let's London, it, it's. Mm. Mm. It just made my heart, heart my heart sink as, as well. Uh, plus, the control scheme seems like a step back from how it used to be in Watch Dogs Two, which I think sort of perfected it quite well. Uh, you know, it's kind of gone gone back a step to, to a bit how it was with Watch Dogs One, with a few other things uh, built into it as well. Uh, I'm hoping that as I play it, that uh, I might find more fun in in the gameplay because a lot of people are really kind of heralding the uh, the ability to choose how you approach missions differently, and it gives you a lot of uh, free choice. But again, it's just that lack of of narrative drive and 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 decent voice acting 
uh, yeah, that, that, that really doesn't kind of uh, suck me in like it did with the uh, with the other games. Yeah, that's that's just an interesting one. I wonder if I wonder if the way you felt about the voice acting, the characterization of voices, is what other countries feel like when a game is made in their country. Or it's, I uh, think it might be. You know, yeah, I mean, like for example, I'm, I'm not. I think I thought it. the voice acting in Assassin's Creed Odyssey was excellent. But I wonder if, like, you know, people that are, you know, that are from Greece, Greece. or, you know, have like yeah. a, a kind of, you know, you know could be like, that doesn't sound anything like, you know, that's insulting. <laughs> you know, we don't sound anything like yeah. that. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a, a voice in English, which is, you know, um, but... I will say on the on the subject of Valhalla, there, there are some interesting accents in that game. It doesn't, it isn't kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the adult uh, NPCs have all got kind of colloquial british accents which which sound kind of roughly in place with where they should be but every now and then there are these there are these children characters and they have the broadest american accents you've ever heard it's like okay how how is that one the child of that one if, if that one sounds like he's from wisconsin it's weird yeah no i can i can understand that <laughs> it's a bit strange but yeah so yeah Watch Dogs legion was for me the the game i was really quite hyped up about uh yeah, the clues were there in the trailers. I should have listened that it, it maybe wasn't going to be quite as good, but you know, I still put it in, played it, and uh, yeah, just just didn't fall in love with it like the other games. So yeah, that one. Hmm. So of all time, was that was that the second part of the question? Yes. It, it, can you think of one that's really kind of stood out as being uh, a major disappointment? Hmm. I tell you what, I am gonna. I, I have. I have got one, and. Um, mm. It's one that I came to to quite late. Um, so going back to PlayStation 2 era, and this is quite a famous Ooh. one, um, but yeah. um, for me, the PlayStation 1 era, um, I didn't actually play. I played them originally on PC, a lot of them, but uh, fan of the Tomb Raider games, said it before, really enjoyed um, mm. you know Tomb Raiders 1 and 2 in particular. I don't think I actually played 3. I did play Last Revelation, or was that 3, or um, The Chronicles, but... Um, I was late getting a PlayStation 2. I didn't get a PS2 until actually probably midway or even towards its um, towards its yeah. end of life. And when I got it, and I didn't really follow much game journalism, I went out and bought Tomb Raider uh, Angel of Darkness. Which Angel is, of Darkness, yeah. Which was the first Famous one. There. And it had, I didn't realise at the time, it had a very troubled development history. And the game, it's not atrociously bad. Um, and... Uh, people might say it is that it's playable. I got, through, I did finish it. I think I did anyway. I played my way through it. But as I was playing it, I just got to a point where I was realised that this isn't in any way fun. Like it wasn't a fun game, um, <laughs> mm. and it had none of the sort of the kind of charm of the original games. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe the original Tomb Raiders were crap. And then that further on, Tomb Raider Legend and uh, Anniversary came out and stuff on the PS2, and those were were cracking games. And um, yeah, good times. And brought it back. So I think that that's the one. That's one of the games where I was. I got a PS2, and initially when I got the PS2, the first thing I bought for it was Angel of Darkness. I think or one of the first games because I just wanted to play it. You know, more yeah. for me for not reading reviews and stuff. It'd been out a while. I didn't buy it brand new <laughs> or anything, but. Um, Eh, we were young. What, what do we know about? Yeah, and the internet wasn't, you know, at that point in the internet, I had to go travel to university to go on campus to read the reviews. So I just didn't bother, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's my one. But how about you, Dante? Okay. Um, I don't know if it's controversial, but I, I might be sort of skirting around the question a little bit because it's not. Well, I suppose it did come out eventually. It, it was um, it was the Duke Nukem sequel. Mm. Was it Duke Nukem Forever? Yes. No, yeah. Duke Nukem Forever was a. Um, was quite the disappointment, I think it's fair to say. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think uh, because it was basically vaporware after a while and you kept kind of going into my local game store and saying, you know, is it ever coming out? Because, you know, we didn't really have access to the internet to kind of check these things out. We had to go in and ask people in shops. Uh, and, you know, kept saying it was kept getting delayed and then, you know, someone said it wasn't coming out and then eventually it, it kind of did come out but was was, was pretty terrible. And, uh, yeah, that one that one really let me down. That was because uh, being a, a mature kind of teenager as I was uh, who played a lot of video games, uh, the ability to go into strip clubs and hand them money and see the tassels in the Duke Nukem games was, you know, was, was kind of a high point. So, uh, yeah, I was... I was hoping for, for kind of that sort of stuff again. Plus, you know, I think by the time the second one came out, maybe my sense of humour had maybe a tiny bit gotten... No, no, that, that, that's completely wrong, <laughs> to be honest. That's, I, I would have enjoyed it as well just as much. But, uh, yeah, no, that was disappointing. I was uh, I was always more of a fan of, of Duke Nukem than, say, the Quake series, and I was looking forward to more, and it just didn't materialise. No, that's fair. I mean, that, that, that's a famous one, and I think that the brand's never really recovered from that, has it really? Um no, I think you're right. Actually, it's, it's, it's uh, kind of it's not really li- yeah gotten past which that. is which is interesting because I recently played this year the um, sort of rebooted version of Shadow Warrior, the sort of recent one, um, which oh, is yeah. a, which was basically a Duke Nukem clone. You know, for those who are into DOS games. Um, oh, I knew I remembered that name. Yeah, it was like a it's like a, a ninja version, but you weren't really a ninja. You just went around shooting. Yeah, people. exactly. And you don't mess with Low Wang. Um, the main, the main, the main gimmick was the fact that the main character is called Lo Wang, um, and it just played on that. But actually, the, the the rebooted series, you know, was actually really, really fun. I played the first one. I think the <laughs> second one's on Game Pass. It, it, it was really good, but it, it's interesting when I thought, well, you know, so it is possible to do that. You know, it's it's tongue in cheek. It it plays upon the ridiculousness of the original, but also you know knows what it's doing. Whereas I don't think that's actually happened with you know. Duke Nukem, we have to go a long way after Duke Nukem Forever to be a game that's playable. Yeah, no, again, I think people might be waking up to the fact that it was pretty juvenile even back then. So. Yeah, and you got, you got it's, there is a way to bring back juvenile games and make them work, and I think Shadow Warrior um, did that. Um, yes. We did that in quite a clever way, which is that um, it wasn't just about, there was more to it than just the, the you know the Wang jokes. Um, although there were Wang jokes, oh, um, you know, uh, the character was given context of being ridiculous and an idiot. You know, the, the character's an idiot, not you know you as a player accept that he's an idiot. If you know what I mean, um, <laughs> uh, dickhead. But that, that works. But yeah, you know, um, so yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, do we have any final questions? I guess moving on. Last question. Again, we've probably waffled on about these ones for for too long, but. Uh, uh, is from uh, any game I mean I'd say RPG but really any game with, with NPCs in it uh, who is your most fancied NPC character in a video game of all time oh gosh gosh this, it's hard not to go into creepy realms isn't it with this one <laughs> yeah. um, who's the most NPC so we're not talking main character yeah. um, no not, not someone you played as so I, I'm not allowed to say Cassandra sadly yes Mm. Well, unless you played as Alexius and then she is an NPC. That's true, yeah. Uh, but then yeah, she'd be absolutely. evil, wouldn't she, I think? She, the, she, whichever way you play it around, the one is a baddie and one's a goodie. The other, the other, one's, yeah, yeah. The other, other sibling is, is a baddie, which, again, probably... Would so well, I would let you go first, because I think if I stay mine, I'm going to stand <laughs> on your toes. So you go with the way <laughs> okay. you're going to go, and then, I'll, and then I'll think of All my right. response. Okay, so, I mean, there's, there's a... 
probably too many than I, that I have time to mention here, but uh, uh, I remember there was uh, a character called Velvet Velour from the uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline series. It was always uh, uh, quite, a, uh, quite a good character, but I am uh, going to go with um, Miranda Lawson from the Mass Effect uh, series. Okay. Okay, that's an interesting one. If you've not played the Mass Effect series, I mean, she's based on uh, Yvonne Strahovski. If you've ever seen uh, Chuck and I think the later seasons of Dexter, uh, she was in that. Uh, and she played what was quite a sort of cold, cold character to start off with, who eventually warmed up to your Commander Shepard. Uh, again, assuming you played the, the male Commander Shepard. She was sadly unromanceable by my female Commander Shepard, despite me really, really trying. Um, but yeah, no, she was uh, she was a, a really nice character. She had a lot of a lot of baggage. Uh, you know, kind of really took a while for her to open up to you. But uh, once once she did, it was uh, uh, it was quite nice. And like I say, the fact that she looked like someone who was in Chuck, who I also quite liked, uh, definitely didn't hurt. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with those two for now. Um, have you thought of any since I've been rambling on? Yeah. Oh, it's really uh... finding it really hard because um, and that's. <laughs> No pun intended. There. Sorry, God, that's. I just need to. Oops. You know, it's late, guys. Who's? Mm, it's hard to come up. I keep saying it. Um, to come up with a it's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, hottest them. I just feel. I feel like I come across pervy with whatever I say. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, which is somewhere, but are we hoping I was going to out purview? I something? was kind of, yeah. You so. gave a well-rounded consideration. Now I feel that like going like, oh, I like this one because she's, she's got boobies. Won't be, won't, won't work <laughs> quite as well. Um, I think yeah, there's fan- so many that are actual playable characters, aren't they? Like Bayonetta and um, yeah. See, Bayonetta is a character where I've played Bayonetta, and I was like, I don't know if I should feel bad about enjoying this game. Because I don't know, I don't know who's being exploited here. If it's me or or a female character for fetishization, I, I couldn't work out where it said it was too. I don't know. Um, energy. I mean, for, you know, it's a bit like the character Quiet in Metal Gear Solid Five, um, which yeah. is you yeah. know, I would say that slightly ridiculous. That, yeah, it's a bit like it's it's one of those characters in the games where I felt uncomfortable. My wife walked in and saw me playing it because I could not justify <laughs> in the game why there was this she's like you're in a helicopter flying into your mission and she's literally lounging around spreading herself out for no other reason than titillation and uh, and that that's it that's the reason she's and the, the in-game reason why this it's for those aren't aware there's a sniper who wears nothing but a thong and um a bra Bride, uh, and yeah. that's it and the reason is she's genetically engineered and breathes through her skin so she suffocates if she wear clothes perfect sense trying to explain that to your wife uh, <laughs> it, it sounds as hollow as it does so I wouldn't say she's an attractive I don't know I'm going to I feel really boring which is that as a character of an NPC the one I think the most attractive is probably Yennefer from uh, The Witcher 3 which is a really obvious one uh, uh, I know a lot of people go with Triss um, I just felt as a character she was quite she's a strong dominant character uh, I quite like it. I've read the books. I quite like it. She's a bit of a horrible person, but also, um, you know, at the same time, is a kind of good person. There's complexity to her. And yeah, she's very beautiful. So, you know, there you go. That's my most fancy Yeah, well, she has that kind of femme fatale thing going on, doesn't she? I mean, you, you, you don't want to trust her completely. Yeah, and, and the kind of the, the yeah, revelation, you know, for, for those that have watched the first season of The Witcher and stuff of how she's tied to Geralt, um, which does play out and affect the relationship in The Witcher 3 game is you know is a really interesting one you know which there's a reason why she's a bit of a cow 
Um, but at the same time, she really cares <laughs> for Siri, and most of her motivation, almost all the motivations in the game, are to protect, you know, mm-hmm. Siri's character, which I really liked as well. So, yeah. um, you know, what I mean is that if I got with my wife, Jennifer could help look after the kids. That's what I'm sort of saying. You know, I've got a practical element <laughs> to it. She, she could be the au pair, could she? Uh, no, no, no. She, she, no, I wouldn't pay her. That would be weird. You know, she'd be an equal life partner yeah. that could that could help the raising of my children. Um, if she, yeah. I mean, that it, was a likely scenario, which is not. It's it's always kind of tricky picking from 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 The Witcher Three. And obviously, there's there's Yennefer and there's Triss. I mean, there, there's even Siri, although Geralt's kind of a daddy, and that kind of makes it a bit strange. But uh, but yeah, no, there, there's a lot of uh, of good strong female characters in The Witcher 3 so yeah Yennefer I can definitely see that yeah yeah um and you know some of the other kind of the the, the, the witch characters as well that are, that are not love interest for Geralt there's, there's there's some interesting ones there too so it's a great game lots of lots of options in there so uh, so yeah so that's our most fancied NPC characters uh, wow. Okay. So, on that kind of slightly pervy note, should we wrap things up? I think we need to. So, uh, I'm going to talk about where we can find the Jambags crew on the socials to start off with. Go, go, so go. You can find the uh, the Jambags crew on uh, Twitter. So, at uh, Jambags underscore UK, which is you'll find the main Jambags account handled by uh, Rudy Manchego. And at DanSolo96 is where you'll find the Dante Rodriguez uh, account uh, on Twitter. Uh, at Jambags underscore UK is also where you can find us on Instagram. There's the official uh, Jambags uh, Instagram account. Mostly at the moment, you can see pictures of uh, shafts of light poking through trees in uh, medieval England in the uh, in, in Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. You'll see quite a lot of that stuff, as well as previous video game crushes of mine from uh, from games over over the years. Where, again, even in that last segment, I didn't mention Second Sister from uh, from Jedi Fallen Order, which again is is, is another one you'll see on the Instagram account. Uh, you can also find us on uh, on YouTube. Uh, you'll see again at uh, Jambags underscore UK. Uh, you'll be able to find uh, some of our content uh, on there, and also talk to us on the various message boards. Have I covered all the socials there, Rudy? I believe so. But let's talk about you know where you can listen to us if you're not already listening to us. We are available on uh, Spotify, so you can follow us on Spotify. That would be great if you listen to us there. You can do the follow thing. Um, if you want to, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, where it would be amazing if you could leave a starred, um, uh, starred review, um, just to let us know that really helps with the algorithms. Um, and you can also pick us up on most um, um, good uh, podcast apps that are based on RSS feeds, so a lot of the ones that are available on app stores. That, you know, Get an RSS feed, you can search Jam Bags and will appear automatically on there for your listening pleasure. We also upload a version of this to YouTube on our YouTube channel along with some other tap that we've created over the last sort of few years. So you can always listen to there and drop us a like, subscribe, comment, all those good things. That would be really, really helpful. We do try and reply to every uh, comment that's added to it as well. Um, ah, Facebook. I forgot Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Jam Bags there is on you Facebook. go. Wow, that's yeah. this whole outro ruined. Well done, Dante. That's it. We've been <laughs> doing this for nearly three years. Still haven't got it right. That's the first one I've, I've ballsed up quite as badly as that. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's okay. But um, yeah, so you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RSS feeds, on YouTube as well. Do, you know, like and subscribe on all those platforms. Please, really, oh, really, really helps. And always, if you want to engage with us as well, you know, we'll put out shout-outs for questions uh, like we have done, you know, generally on social media um, before we go 
before we record this stuff. So if you want to get questions or anything yeah, you want to ask we... us, go for it. Love talking about video games with absolutely anyone, so please do do get in touch just to just to chat about what games you're enjoying at the moment, or you know, you know tell us we suck, whatever. It's absolutely fine. We, we're just happy to, to speak to someone, to know that someone's out there listening. Correct, and that wraps it up. Thanks very much, Jam Baggers, for another fun month of what appears to be lockdown joy, and we Yay. will talk to you again soon. Hello, hello, doctor. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just logging into the to the Skype now, and I'm, I'm turning my camera on. Hello. Hello there. Is this, is this Dante Rodriguez? Is this Dante? Yeah, no, th- th- this is Dante. I'm, 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 I'm here again for my, for my, was it third yeah, session? Yeah, excellent, now? Dante. This is your third session with us here at the online therapy people. Uh, we're here to talk about again for the third week in a row as to why you mysteriously blacked out and chopped your own ear and neck uh, into pieces um, and have no recollection of doing so um, as continues to be the case. Well, I was hoping we were going to build up to that a bit more, but okay. I suppose it's time we we addressed it directly. Yes, I think it's time that you explained this why you chopped your own ear off then forgot all about it. (sighs) You know, it's still a mystery to me. I, I, I can't... Yeah, you know, it's. I'm trying to put it together about why it happened, but it's. Uh, I mean, nothing. Nothing's really coming. I mean, it's, it's a complete mental blank there to be honest. Okay, and dark. and have the police said anything to you about um, what they think might have happened when you chopped your own ear off completely? No, I mean they tried to analyze the the urine sample from the, from the tapes and 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 the and the dog poo. But it's all got come mixed in, uh, and the fact that it was buried upside down means it's completely unreadable now. As yes, well. why did you do that as well? Don't say that's confusing I, me. But you know that's not as important as you chopping your ear off. I, I, I knew maybe I just had a, a complete break for some reason, and I can't think why. I mean, there are some obvious reasons why. Maybe perhaps we could touch on at some point uh, and why it was definitely um, you that chopped your own ear off and not Rudy. Okay, that's very specific. I don't know that I've mentioned. Oh, you both, yeah, you did. You know, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you mentioned the Rudy on um, on well, session. It's not really that important to my life, apart outside of my No, podcast, he is quite important. Um, I think you'll find that uh, he's very important, and um, you'll know he is definitely not the person that chopped your ear off. Okay, hang on a minute. Why? Is, why can I see a GameCube behind you? Oh, it is a therapeutic. That's, it's that's... a. It's a Rorschach what, GameCube. What you, how are you in... You're in Rudy Manchego's office room. Yeah, yes, he... Um, Why are you wearing that? To me. Yes, um, anyway... Uh, oh, no. Is that beard real? I think the reason why you've forgotten everything is Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk. Rudy! Uh, bye. 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 Bye.